When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Now 4-0 Detroit leading Montreal. That's after two. Late in the second period, Maple Leafs up 2-1 on the Blue Jackets. 1-1 Sabres and Panthers in the second period. Hurricanes leading the Sens 2-1. Devils up 3-0 on the Penguins. First period, Blues leading the Flyers 1-0. And the Predators leading the Golden Knights 1-zip. So if the Oilers want to have a good shot at first in the Pacific, would help if Nashville won tonight. And then, of course, if the Oilers beat the Kings, coming up here on 6.30, Chet at 8.30. Later, besides the Oilers and the Kings, you got the Flames with a big home game against Chicago. Seattle takes on Vancouver and the Avalanche playing the Sharks. Blue Jays lead the Royals 2-1. That game is in the top of the fourth. Well, I have uh, been honored to have this next guest on the show several times over the years. He calls himself a creative hustler, which is a great title, which means he works really hard making a whole bunch of films. Two of his better-known ones are Ice Guardians and Making Coco, the Grant Fuhrer story, and he's always got a lot of great stuff coming out or on the go. Adam Scorgy checking in, I believe, from Los Angeles. What, what did you do today, Mr. Scorgy? Uh, uh, that is right. I am in Los Angeles. I just finished an interview with uh, Scotty Upshaw at the Making Curfew podcast there for we also interviewed uh, Ida Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren's daughter, for Dolph Lundgren's documentary. So, and now we're we're fighting traffic, and I got time to chat to you, and we're trying to make it to the Oilers Kings game while we're down here in sunny California. All right. Well, if, if for people who have not been to L.A., you may need two hours to get to downtown L.A. from wherever. I don't know where exactly <laughs> you are, but it could it could take a while. So, yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk for sure. All right. There's a lot i got to talk about. Tell me, though, about the uh, the Dolph Lundgren uh, documentary. Like, where, where are you at? Was this, uh, was this your baby? Did someone come to you with the idea? Tell me about it here. So Dolph Lundgren came because we worked with his agent, um, Mike Stout, on Bisbing's documentary. They had the same agent. And obviously the Michael Bisbing documentary, Bisbing, was very successful, released with Universal Pictures. So the, everyone involved was like, man, like, you know, his agent's like, I'd want to work with you guys again. And it was like, we'd love to work with you too. Like, who else do you represent? And he was going through his Rolodex, and then he said, uh, Dolph Lundgren. And growing up for me in the 80s, uh, you know, most people know Dolph as Ivan Drago and I Must Break You, but for me, like, he was the original He-Man, right? And Red Scorpion and the original Punisher. So I was like, absolutely, I'd love to do something on Dolph. And then uh, we met, and Dolph was very eager to, to do a doc. He liked our previous work, and it kind of came together very quickly after that. So we're in our final week of shooting here. This is it. We've already been editing for a while. We're hoping to premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival in September. So this is our last week with Dolph and family members and a few others. 
Okay, uh, and I understand Jean-Claude Van Damme is participating in this. What was it like to talk to him about Lundgren? And are, are they, and I'll ask you something, like, are they actually, are they actually rivals or are they buddies? No, there, there's a lot of respect for each other. I mean, they're similar to athletes, though, where a lot of the action stars, because they are very athletic, there's a lot of competition, especially in that 80s and 90s when, you know, the, a lot of these movies were kind of competing against each other, but they all have a tremendous respect and admiration for each other now, and, and, and Van Damme was the same, and he, he has a crazy schedule. He's normally in Europe uh, or in, in Thailand or in Belgium, so he was filming a movie out here in L.A., and we finally we've been working to land the interview for almost over a year we finally pinned him down and you know again growing up in the 80s blood sport kickbox or cyborg all those movies like it, it it really is a dream come true to be able to sit down with all these guys that i grew up idolizing and kind of inspired me to get into the film industry yeah okay so uh now i know you don't want to give away too much because you want people to see the documentary but tell me one thing about dolph lundgren that surprised you or you were surprised to learn some people may know, but that lots don't, is that he had a full-ride scholarship to be a chemical engineer, a Fulbright scholarship for MIT. Dolph Lundgren is an incredibly, incredibly smart man and an incredible student. Most people think of him like, you know, obviously playing the action hero or He-Man, that he wouldn't be that kind of person, but he is incredibly smart and diligent. And coming from the Swede background, he's very punctual and coordinated when we work with him. So those are two things that we've known. I don't want to give away any of the stuff that he shared, some real personal moments. If you check out his TED Talk, it'll totally change the way you look at him. And he's talked at length about that and his upbringing in Sweden. But that's usually the one that people are like, what? He was a Fulbright, full-ride scholarship for chemical engineering very very intelligent man all right so how so i mean you you, how, you spent a little bit with with jean-claude van damme when lundgren who is the the focus of the of the documentary how many sit down interviews will you do with him like how many hours of dolph lundgren interviews will you have that you'll have to edit down for your documentary so we have more shoot days on this one than any of our other docs because there's a curveball that I don't want to give away just yet that he revealed while we were filming that we've had to adjust. But typically we do sit-down interviews. You usually do three or four. You kind of go take a two- or three-hour interview. Then you come back, you edit it, you go through it, you do research, you kind of line things up, and then you'll you'll do different time periods. You kind of break it down a lot of times, like early childhood life, growing up, Hollywood, you know, action star, and then modern day, right? So, but this one we had, we've added a couple more because I said there was something that happened in the middle of the production where he called us when we were in Sweden. He's like, hey, you guys need to come over tonight. We need to talk around 7 o'clock. And we'd all just finished that. We had this great shoot day. We're building this great relationship. And, you know, because when you're filming somebody's life story, it's always very touch and go and emotional. We're always kind of on edge to make sure we're doing things right and professionally. And I kind of asked the team, like, guys, did we do something wrong? Did he seem upset today? And there was like, oh, he was so cool. And he came over and revealed something else. And it was like, oh, my God, we all thought we were in trouble for something. And then it turned out it was something else. So I, I know I, I hate being elusive like this, you read. I usually give it to you, but I want once the trailer and stuff comes out, people will see. But 
Dolph has been incredibly candid, honest, and open, almost like going through therapy for himself on this. So I think people are going to really see a different side of Dolph Lundgren and really, you know, what fame and being an action star takes a toll on an individual. Uh, it's going to be a very powerful film. It'll also have the fun action parts that we all want to relive from the 80s and 90s, but it'll also have a very, very emotional and probably more impact than people are expecting. Well, that's, uh, I mean, of course, I would love you to tell me on Break It on Inside Sports, but you got to promote your own work. That is a great tease for the documentary, man. I mean, Dolph, L- Dolph Lundgren documentary, I, re- I already want to see that. And now you got the hook that he, he, he revealed something midway through the shoot that made you kind of have to adjust to the things that he were doing. When, when you approach these, and, and obviously, you know, I mentioned the Grant Fuhr one, the, Bis- the Bisping you mentioned, you've done a bunch of these. Um, like are are any of the because if you want to tell someone's story, to me that's everything. Maybe you know maybe they did something bad. Maybe they struggled. Maybe they had a part in their life where you know they didn't look so good. Have you ever had to work to bring that out, or did you have to say like, look, if we're telling your story, man, like we need we need you. Is that ever hard to bring that out of people? Great question, Reed. That is that is a crux. Like I think the reason why we're kind of what they say the golden age of do- golden age of documentaries right now is kind of because like we see the news kind of bends to whatever side you want it to now. It's paid sponsorships. It isn't. I think people are really connected to docs because of the candidness and the truthfulness and honesty that you get from them. So we're honest. Like we usually in the first couple of meetings we say, guys, we have to show warts and all. Like, we did this with Grant, too, or like, Grant, we have to talk about the suspension and all that in your story. Otherwise, it doesn't have any downs. It doesn't, you have to have conflict and then resolution in order for the audience to feel connected on a human level and to go on a journey with you. It can't just be, I'm amazing, I'm amazing, everything's perfect, I'm amazing. Nobody relates to that. So we usually have those conversations very early on. But normally when people of like Dolph or Bisping or Grant Stature want to do this, it's almost therapy for them. They want to go through it and relive it and hear how their peers thought of them as a competitor or as a, as a teammate. And, you know, it's, it's therapy for a lot of them. A lot of them, when they see the finished product, they get super emotional because they're like, wow, I, I never knew so-and-so thought that about me or I never went through that. It helps them relive things. So we're, we're experienced enough now that when we interview or we're going to do a story on someone, we make sure that they're ready to go there. Because if they're not going to be honest, audiences now are way too clever. They can read right through that stuff. So you have to be brutally honest. And Dolph has been amazing. Like nothing's been off the table. Like he talked about the Studio 54 doys and the crazy parties and the girls and the drugs with, you know, when he was dating Grace Jones, like it, he'd like at times we're like, wow, I can't believe you went into all that. But you have to have that them talk about everything openly and honestly. Otherwise, it makes it really tough to make like an award-winning, compelling piece. All right, Adam Scorgie joining us then on Inside Sports. And Adam, I like you're on my show probably once once a year. I would say maybe twice a year sometimes. So we're pretty pretty up to date on what you're doing. But I'm just looking back on some of your tweets, and I'm like. I miss some of this stuff. Like you did something with Biff Naked. So just like just to clarify, you're on on your stuff. You're you're always listed as a as a, a producer, right? Is that accurate? You're correct. Okay, yep. so how, I'm the producer. I'm the one that yeah. So how many how many projects can you work on at a time here? Because clearly you're doing more than one film at once by judging your by your Twitter account. 
Yeah, I'm. I would say I'm at my bandwidth right now. I can't take on too many because I've. We've got like, a, and this is we've got Thunder, the life and death of Arturo Gotti, uh, coming out. It'll actually be premiering in Edmonton May 3rd at the Metro Theater, and then it's doing its world premiere at the Calgary Underground Film Festival April 29th. That's a new one for us. That's my first kind of three-part true crime series that I, I partnered with a company out of Calgary called Kinosum um, that we're doing. So. We've got that releasing. We've got Breaking Olympia, the Phil Heath story, releasing this fall that we worked with Seven Bucks, The Rocks Company. We've got, uh, obviously, we're just wrapping up Jordan Tutu, Dolph Lundgren. We're in process with Biff Naked. We're about to start with Dane Cook. So, yeah, we're busy. We got we got lots going on. I, I'm about at my bandwidth now. But every time I say that, I'll be like, I can't take on any more. And then, you know, it, it's like anything. When, when you're busy, more work comes then I'll get another great story and it'll be like, it's now or never. And I'm like, fine, I'll find a way to make it work. So I, I, I shouldn't say never say, but I, I think I'm pretty much at my bandwidth now. I don't know if I could take on too much more. Well, it's, it's good. You're working though. Right. Cause in your business, you gotta, you gotta keep putting out the, the content, which is that's so incredible that you're doing this, man. Cause like, I remember talking to you, uh, you know, for, for ice guardians and, and, and the one thing I, I ask you this every time, but I'm going to ask it to you again, because you you make a film, but it's it's then it's you know it, it kind of lives out there. I mean, it, yes, it comes out, and a lot of people might see it when it first comes out. But sometimes somebody might discover something you made three, five, or ten years after the fact. What? How? Specifically with Ice Gardens and Ice Guardians and making Coco about Grant Fewer, because they're kind of the hockey centric ones. What kind of life do they live now? Where do they sort of? What space do they occupy in your work? Do you still get, you know, feedback about these or people saying thanks for telling that story? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I was just talking to Scotty Upshaw about this um, with Tutu. Like, I mean, you know, in Torn Tutus, we went out on the land with him. We've been up to Rankin Inlet three times. We went beluga hunting, did the big fish. Like, it's the thing that makes docs to me a little bit more special than a scripted feature because you become way closer and like forever connected to the person you told the story with, right? There is a like a lifetime bond. Like Grant here texts me on my birthday and I text him all the time. Or if you'll see something like, you know, the connection we have there will be forever. So those films live on. I, and I had someone text me last night, strangely enough, a mother on that plays on my daughter's hockey team was like, oh, my God, I'm watching Making Coco right now. I never really realized what you did because I don't, I don't talk about it all the time when I'm, you know, at my kids' sports or whatever. So great docs and great films live kind of on forever. And, and But it's nice being a producer because no one really knows who I am. They might know who my work is. They know my team's work, but they don't know me. And then sometimes when they find out, they're like, you made that? Oh, my God, that's why my kid got into hockey or he did his graduating thesis on that. So they great work kind of lives on forever and i'm always flattered and moved when i get that message or email that man my kids or my family we just watch this it embodies everything that i you know we praise in our household or it moved us i see a new side of grant Fuhrer and became a giant fan you know they they live on forever obviously the the the, the money side of it goes down like that's one thing as films they're a depreciating asset but the respect and and fan appreciation goes on forever uh, well, this this is incredible having you on the show, Adam. Uh, are, are, how, how much closer to the rink are you in the 20 minutes that we've talked? 
Uh, not much closer, as you said. We're, like, we're we're moving slowly here through some lights. So we got, that's why I figured when I when I scheduled this with you earlier, I was like, oh yeah, we'll have time. We'll be driving. Yeah. It's you know quickly in LA is half an hour to forty minutes. It says we still have an hour to our destination. So, but we're we're close to the rink where we booked is only like twelve kilometers from the rink. So we're we're hoping we can get there and uh, maybe at least catch the second and third period because the Oilers uh, uh, go in first place. Yeah, how, how much? Uh, how often are you on the road? Because you re- you referenced your daughter who we had on the show several years ago, and she told her amazing story. How how often are how how much do you travel now? I'm this last bit. I've been traveling like more than I'd like. It's it's tough because I do have the young kids and stuff. So travel quite a bit. It's often two to three times a month. But sometimes you'll have lulls. Like if we're not shooting, then I won't be around. I can go attend all my sport, my kids' sports and stuff. But it goes through peaks. I would say you know, safe to say I'm gone at least once a month, if not two to three times. Okay. Well, you're doing great work. Okay. So remind us of the dates. Uh, May May third is which one? May 3rd is uh, tickets aren't on sale yet. We'll be putting them out. So April 29th in Calgary is the Calgary International Film Festival premiere of Thunder, The Life and Death of Arturo Gotti. We'll have to do another talk just about that specifically, because I don't know if you know much about that story, but pretty wild um, with his death down in Brazil. And, you know, being a Canadian boxer, a lot of people thought he was actually born in uh, Italy, but that's how bad the details are done on him. Is he was born in Montreal, it's on his passport. Yeah. He's a Canadian legend that often people thought he was American. Um, and then it will be coming to Edmonton uh, May 3rd. So I know you're always working evenings, but maybe one of these days we can get you out. I'd love to actually have you at one of my premieres. I'll have to do an yeah, afternoon one just for you, bud. Yeah, oh, thanks. I, 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 well, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way to watch it for sure. Okay, well, yeah, but maybe we can get you on uh, right before that hits Edmonton uh, because you're right, that is an incredible story. I wanted to dive in that more tonight, but we kind of ran out of time. Adam, fascinating as always. I, I, I admire what you do. I know you are you are indeed a creative hustler. So uh, keep it going, buddy, and hopefully see you around soon. Thanks, brother. Thanks for always having me on and promoting my team's work, Reed. I really appreciate it. Yeah, right on. That is uh, Adam Scorgy checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports. Again, uh, you know, check out check out his stuff. If you want to check him on Twitter, it is Adam Score and then the letter G. His last name is Scorgy, S-C-O-R-G-I-E, but his Twitter account, Adam Score and then the letter G. And he's got all the stuff about all his films and everything and incredible. And a lot of them sports or uh, well, I guess with Dolph Lundgren, maybe kind of a crossover with sports and, and entertainment and athletics and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I love having Adam on the show. We'll take a quick time out. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, great to have Adam Scorgi on the show. Independent filmmaker as he... Uh, Drives through the L.A. traffic to hopefully catch the uh, Oilers and Kings game tonight. We got the face-off show starting after the 7 o'clock news. Game's at 8.30. Bob Stoffer's going to join me at 7.05. All right, Kellen Kennedy, you were off yesterday. Yes, sir. You're back today, so mm-hmm. we always do this after the big wrestling events. Yes. Uh, WrestleMania. Yes. I know nothing that happened. <laughs> what, was the, what was the feature match 
Uh, and like who won? Who's the champion now? Well, the feature match was on Sunday night. It was a two-night affair in Los Angeles at the big SoFi Stadium. And in fact, uh, tonight's Oilers-Kings game will be the first non-wrestling uh, event at the Crypto.com Arena since um, Thursday of last week because there was wrestling events happening all throughout the weekend at the Crypto.com Arena and SoFi Stadium. But Roman Reigns is still your uh, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion defeating Cody Rhodes in the main event uh, in about a 35-minute affair. The match was good. Uh, what we call uh, the finish or the end of the match, uh, meh, M-E-H. Just oh, really? meh. The, it was not a dramatic finish. In fact, uh, I'll give the entire event a giant meh. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd, maybe they shouldn't spread it over two nights. Maybe they should just have one night of really good stuff. I think the one night, or I think the two night model for WrestleMania will be making the way of the Dodo Bird here this over the next year. Or so I think we're going back right. to one night WrestleMania next year. So Roman Reigns retained the belt then. He did, yes. Okay, and is he the most popular uh, wrestler in WWE now? Um, hard to say. I think the guy he was in the main event with is the most popular guy in WWE, Cody Rhodes, but. All right. And is that Dusty's? Yeah. Is, that, Dust- is there a relation? Yeah. Dust- son? Dusty's son and uh, Goldust's brother. So oh, interesting. All right. Well, thank you for the recap. Now I can speak intelligently of WrestleMania. There you go. Speaking of intelligence, Bob Stoffer will join me as we get into the face-off show after the news.